inspiring you to reach your goals and live your dream. And live your dream. This is the Keaton Nelson Show. Alrighty, guys. I have an amazing treat for you today. Uh, Corey Barrier is going to be on the podcast, and he is a subject matter expert when it comes to selling shit, basically. Right, brother? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm excited to have a conversation with you, man. Yeah, dude. Well, thanks for having me on. This is going to be cool because guess what? You're the first show I've been on since my book hit number one bestseller. So No shit. Yep. I feel honored, man. Yeah, dude, it's the first interview I've done since I launched the book, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, and I didn't do the interview for that reason, but timing, I guess, is everything. And mm. when you're, you know, when things start coming together, it it makes it all worth it. It's funny, actually, because I was just I was just writing this person a message as you clicked in. Yep. And and I was feeling a lot like her recently, about two weeks ago, just completely burnt burnt out because, yep. dude, like you got there's a lot of work that goes on when you're well when you do a podcast when you've got when you put this book together i just spoke at podfest and and you're juggling clients you got like businesses right so it's frustrating sometimes and guess what there are days that you want to burn it straight to the ground because it feels like no matter what you do things are going to go sideways and i'll just say if there's anybody out there listening to this right now things always look up right Right. but you got to keep you got to keep looking up for the rest of the stuff to fall into place. And that's my experience. Yeah, 100%. That's cool. We spoke at podcast and everything. I know it was probably like a, a pain in the ass to mix it into everything, but that's still really cool, man. Well, where was that located again? It's in Orlando, Florida. It's the largest, it's the world's largest podfit, pod, podcast like conference. Like it's a pretty yeah. big deal. No, I saw, I saw like shit all over social media about it and stuff. I was like, dang, I wish I knew about that. You know, I probably would have showed up, but um, it was cool. No, that's awesome, man. And um, I want to I want to talk about this book a little bit because I mean it's, it's kind of a hot topic. Number one bestseller. It, it'd be kind of funny if it didn't sell too well, and you're the guy who sells shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point. But you yeah. know, I can't control. I can't really. Well, I suppose that's not true. You can't control it. You could pour a million dollars into the book and sell, you know, gazillion yeah. copies. But I don't know that that's profitable. <laughs> oh, it definitely isn't. But yeah, right. it's cool, man. It's awesome. It's what is it? Is the nine steps to how to sell shit? What you tell me? What yeah, is- yeah. So it's nine simple steps to sell more shit. And look, the reason I, the reason the book is based on how I work with people. It is it's the framework that I designed to walk people through a simple way of creating a successful ending in their sales process. Mm. And if people go listen or go watch, 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 listen, read. The book, I do. It's like fifty pages. Like it's, it, you can oh, read sweet. it in half an hour. Like it's nothing. So, but I did it for a reason. I did that for a reason because I'm I'm ADHD and I don't like to read long stuff. And so I, I wrote the book for people like like me. All right. Mm. I'll tell you what, this is what I'm going to do real quick before you go on into it a little bit more, guys. If you're listening to the podcast, I'll do something special. Uh, I don't know how much it costs, but um, I'll buy I'll, I'll buy like uh, thirty copies. The first thirty people to send me a DM on uh, on at the Keaton Nelson Show on Instagram, I'll go ahead and buy you a copy. Just send me your address. Last time I bought books, I got to ship to my house and I have to ship it out. I'd rather just buy it from Amazon and ship it to you. So just 
tell me what your address i'll buy it for you if you guys want to get this thing you don't have to spend a dime i'll do it for you um dude yeah it's incredible so here's the great news it's a dollar 99 so that was a good deal for you oh that's a great <laughs> deal the last one cost me like 300 bucks <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah oh that's too good dude but yeah it that's really cool. I appreciate you doing that. That was really awesome. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so everyone, whoever's uh, listening, for sure, man. Um, but what are the nine simple steps? Can you break it down a little bit for us? Yeah, so absolutely. So I want to talk about, you know, I want to talk about the first one because it's it's the one that's that's really, it's the, it's the one that gets you started. And the reason I put emphasis on this first one, which is confidence, is because I, look, you can have every ounce of you can have every bit of sales knowledge you want but if you don't have the confidence to um ex, to display that to transfer that energy to your customer it's pointless right and i went through that i went through that about almost four years ago where i mean i'd still i had been in sales all kinds of different industries at that moment 21 years and had worked with people all over the world and but I had my business, what felt like ripped out from under me. And I'm not going to go into that long ass conversation, but the, either way, I had to start over. And so my confidence was completely shot. Yeah. The other side of that confidence thing is I was made fun of as a kid and I was called fat and asked if I needed to wear a bra. So there was a lot tied into that particular step. So the, that, that's the first step. Knowing your customer um, is the second step. Okay. Successful prospecting is the third step. Um, discovery method where we, you know, you got to ask great questions, right? Great dude, questions. Or, yeah. Dude, I preach that. I'm like, how can you sell something that you don't even know that you, they have a problem that you can solve with your, either your product yeah. or service? You gotta like, people just go yeah. on and start telling people about their product or service. Yeah, you know what I mean? product, product, yeah, benefit, product, benefit, and feature dump is basically like, oh, my my solar system will has X, da, 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 and they list off all these stupid things. Customers don't they care don't about that. They don't, they don't give a shit. Nah, dude. So in and when you're at you look, and and you can get so much further with a lot less talking. Like you just have to say a couple of words to get the person to keep on talking. But you gotta be amazed. Do it the right way. <laughs> right, dude. You get someone talking, man. They won't stop. You know, a lot of people Absolutely. don't have the opportunity to do that. Um, that's good, man. So, discovery questions. You gotta have good, good discovery questions. Yeah, What's that's right. Thing? So, we help you craft the perfect offer. So, you know, it doesn't matter how good the product or service is. If it doesn't, if it doesn't appeal to the customer, they're not gonna buy it, right? Right. Um, and then we go through objection crusher is the name of the step. Nice. Uh, we do our closing method, effective follow-up, and then scale your business. So the truth of the matter is it encompasses all the steps that really a business owner or a salesperson needs. And I'm not saying so, and I well, I built it that way for a reason because I don't really like being pigeonholed necessarily into one industry. However, my my industry that I focus on are the trades, right? Construction sales. So mm. that could be plumbers, that could be HVAC guys that could be roofers, that could be movers. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. If they're in a trade, I've been extremely successful helping those guys. Nice. And that that's why I focus there. And I'm, I'm getting ready to launch the tradeschools.com. People can go to that 
And you're going to find that that's where my group coaching program is going to be for the for tradesmen. And I'm going to coach these guys on how to how to connect with their customers better and how to um, close more deals. Nice, man. That's awesome. Um, I, you know, I do want to get into like, you know, where you came from, your background and stuff like that, because that stuff's important. That stuff's enjoyable to listen to and get into because we see we're all human and stuff. But before we dig into that, you mentioned uh, crushing objections, right? Like, yes, dude, this is, I mean, I still struggle. Every salesperson struggles with this, right? They got it at least some point. Um, so let's, could you like give us a little, little taste, a little value here? Um, like, I don't know, like I'm just looking or I got to talk to my wife. Or what, like, what are, like, how do you handle these things? And what's your approach? Because you know what? You listen to five different people, you're going to get five different answers on how to respond sure. to objections, you know? So, so my strategy is this like, what I don't know why people are overcoming objections when they're overcoming objections. Let me explain what I mean by that. Okay. So, I set expectations. Like, when you and I, if you and I were going to sit down on a call, I'd say, Keaton, we're going to go. Th- the, the way this call is going to go, we have a half an hour. You still have a half an hour, right? You would say yep. yes, or you or you would say no, and that conversation would go a different way, okay. right? Or So let's just pretend you said yes. Great. So Keaton, in this conversation, what we're going to do is we're going to go through and we're going to talk about some of the issues that you're having. We're going to talk about what your budget looks like for these issues, and then we're going to talk about what we're going to do to fix them. At the end of this, Keaton, the answer is going to be a yes or a no. Maybe he's waste my time, and they waste your time. Does that make sense, Keaton? Is is anything about that unclear? No, that makes sense. Excellent. Beautiful. So, and then we dive into it. And I make sure that, well, you know, before you start all that process, you got to make sure everybody's there, right? You got yeah, yeah, to have, yeah. if you go to a half cop, you're going to get a smokescreen question. So just know that. And if you don't ask for all the decision makers because you're scared, because you don't want the big guy to be there, guess what? Mm-hmm. You're wasting your time. Because the big guy makes the decisions. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's awesome. That's good. You're right. Like you, you should be framing it up. Be, like objections shouldn't come up. You've already dealt with them, right? Is that what you're saying? That's it. But I'm going to tell you, but t- I'm going to give you a real time way to handle objections. Yeah. So let's just say to me, you said, Corey, I, you know, everything sounds really good, but I'm going to, I'm going to need to think about it. And I would say to you, Keaton, let me ask you something. If everything sounds good, you have all the information here, and I've showed you the cars on the lot. You know I have the car that you're wanting to buy. I have all the information. What is it you need to think about? You can't find anybody with any more information than standing right here. And, Keaton, Mm -hmm. I got the keys to all the cars. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Right? So, and and that's the way of doing it. My mic's falling. No, you're good, yeah. So, you know, but here's another way is mirroring, right? And I don't know. Okay, I'm unscrewing the wrong one. Hang tight. No, you're good, man. You're good. These things happen. We don't edit over here. This is life, guys. Yep, it is life. (laughs) And you know what? I love that. I love that you don't edit it because this is what, yeah, you're right. This is what happens. Yeah, man. So, Anyway, so this is what I would say, um, and you've heard this, I'm sure of it, is mirroring, right? So if, if I say, if you say to me, Corey, like, I'm just not sure I want to move forward today. 
you're not sure you want to move forward today? That's good, and, right? Right? Actually, yes, you're going to love this. So the last time I, sp I spoke at PodFest, year before last, yeah. and, and the lady in the audience, because everybody thinks mirroring is they're going to get caught. Everybody thinks they're going to get caught. And this lady is like, you know, she ready? I knew this question would come. And she said, well, I just don't, I don't really understand how, you know, how I'm going to do that without being caught. And I said, without being caught? <laughs> so, like three times I did it live on the stage in front of the whole, and it was beautiful because I completely bombed that talk. It was yeah. awful. It was painful to listen to. But the end of it, I crushed. Because I, awesome. I, and it was from the help, you know, because the lady helped me out by asking that, that question. It, she set me up perfectly. So it was really cool. That's awesome. You know, these are skills that like, you know, it's the issue is like, you don't learn them once. What I've noticed, right? Like I read, um, what's the black swan guy? Uh, Chris Voss. Yeah, exactly. Chris Voss, um, never split the difference. And he talks all about this, right? And he does a great job explaining it. I went through it a few times. I thought I retained all of it. And Today, after a few years of not reading it, or a couple of years or whatever it came out, and then you bring it up, I'm like, I completely forgot about mirroring. You know, I think there's a lot of practice that needs to happen for salespeople and consistency over long periods of time, because I completely forgot about these techniques and things like that, that, that they make a big difference. You know, they really do. When, when you have them, those tools in your tool belt, it makes a big difference, for sure. That's good, man. Um I'm a huge fan of Chris Voss. Huge fan. Yeah. His stuff's great. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, let's dig into the past a little bit. So, you grew up with some some titties? No, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just busting off. I know. No. That's, yeah. no, for sure. That's exactly right. I mean, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, 100%. And if you're listening to this, this guy's like pretty ripped right now. He's looking good. He's like, you're looking good. He's, he's sharp. He's got less of a chin than I do, you know. Um, I'm, you know, but yeah, yeah. I appreciate cool. that. Huh? I said, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why. That's why. Because mm -hmm. I never wanted that experience again. I never wanted to be made fun of in front of a group of people ever again. And so one way I knew I could eliminate that is not be fat again. Yeah. And so I went on a diet, I started exercising. And, you know, this was, I was 12 years old, dude. Like, we were, like, like they didn't know anything about diet and exercise. My parents weren't healthy people. Like, people weren't healthy then, right? This is like right. 25, 30 years ago. So, you know, and I grew up in Mayberry and had a, you know, I had a really great childhood, truthfully, excluding that little incident there. Um, but then things went sideways. I, I, when I was, well, when I was 18, well, by the time I was 21, I'd already gotten two DUIs, right? Back wow. to back, like within 30 days of when I got my license. So um, fast forward a little bit. And this is right. This is probably one of the worst. Well, I, I forgot to tell you that I got sober in 2009. Good for you. Oh, yeah. I hadn't got there yet. I'm ADHD, so I'm all over the place. Sorry. No, um, good. you're cool, man. So 2000, 2005 is where I was going to go. So 2005... You know, I've been, I've been an entrepreneur, right? I was kind of a, a street pharmaceutical entrepreneur. <laughs> um, and so I got caught, right? I got caught and almost went to prison. Fortunately, I didn't uh, because I had a great lawyer. And What, what were you selling, man? Allegedly. Oh, right. Co cocaine. Four ounces. Oh, shit. How old were you? 
Um, it was in 2005, so we're in 2000, I don't know, what was that, 17 years ago? Yeah. Almost. So I'm 44 now, so I don't know what the math is on that. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. 28 years old or something. I was, you know, it was, dude, I really didn't know what was going to happen because that was it. I mean, my probation, I was on probation at the time. And my probation officer said, you know, you sh- he's never going to change. She knew I was still doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing. Right. But, but what happened is I went through this program that they put me in and it was successful. And then I successfully completed the proba- probation. And this is the, I guess you could call it the, the hero side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hadn't picked up a drink since 2009 because I had this thing that's it's called a uh, uh, ignition interlock thing in my car. And it, it was there to blow into it. Yep, yep. Yeah, dude. Oh, well, it gave me the ability to drive. So I'm okay looking like an idiot for the next seven years if I can drive. Dang, that's a long time. It's a long time. That's a long time. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on it. I would do it if I could drive, you know, like if that was an issue. But like, yeah, I got to crack a joke here. I, I see him like take dogs of people. They're like going out on the first date and they're like, what's that over there? It's several. <laughs> It's, and I went to first dates with this thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the oh, bank. Man. Like the first time I went through the bank line, I'm talking to Sally in the bank line in the window, and that thing blows up and goes off. It is mortifying because mm. you don't have any choice but to blow into it because yes. it's so loud. Like you, everybody hears it. Mm. Anyhow, so I got so so I got sober in AA, and this is you know this sometimes is a very unpopular conversation what i'm getting ready to get into because i i have very un i have a skewed view on alcoholics anonymous because i went to Al- alcoholics anonymous and it served its purpose for the time that i was there but then i realized and you'll understand this i think the two most powerful words in the english dictionary are i am so if i say i am fat most likely i'm going to wind up that way or if i say i am broke whatever it is after that you speak that shit into existence and so what I realized is I was standing up every single day saying, I am an alcoholic. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yes. What the hell is going on here? I so I completely agree with you. I think about that all the time with like AA. I'm like, Dude. are you kidding me? You're getting like, people to go up there and to claim that's their identity. But you know what it is? It's changing their identity to someone. I am someone who enjoys going out and drinking and having fun. To I am an alcoholic who can't go and do that anymore. And it does its job, but what does it do to your psyche when you're claiming that, you know? What do you think the success rate in AA is? Probably, I don't know. My guess is probably not very good. You know, below, I would say below 50%. 7% success rate. No way. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't roll up to a poker table knowing I've got 93% chance of losing. Nope. No, I wouldn't. Right. So, I mean, this all just really came into fruition for me. And I'm like, holy cow, what am I doing? Like, this was, I'm six years into my sobriety. I'm like, this is all absolutely true. Like, I, how am I saying I'm still an alcoholic? I haven't drink six years. This is ridiculous. And I haven't had a drink since I stopped going that day when I realized this. Mm-hmm. It never really felt right for me. It never felt right, but you know, I think it works for for a lot of people, sure. and I think it serves its purpose. I really do. I'm not here bashing it, but guess what? You don't really have too many choices either. 
Like mm-hmm. AA is about the only choice. Right, right. And I like, you know, I love what you said about, like, I mean, the two most powerful words, words in the English, English language is I am. Even you go back to the, the Bible and, and um, when God is telling everyone his name, or telling, I forget who was in the mountain, but he's telling his name, says I, Yahweh, which means I am that I am, you know, like how much more powerful is that, you know, and uh, comes down to like identity, right? Um, 100%. Yeah. And, and we like that. We like to be, everybody wants to identify as, as something or be a part of something, a community or a group or whatever it is. And so, I've struggled with that because I mean, I, I get along with a lot of different people and I've worked in a bunch of different industries doing the same thing that I do. And here's where the identity crisis happened for me. I'm actually really glad you brought that up. This just happened two weeks ago. It's been happening for the last year and a half. Um, I've worked with multiple companies. Now, most of them have been in the trade, but I've worked with consultants all over the world with the same process, right? So my identity is my identity is like, well, who, who am I? Because I can work with a lot of different people. And so what I've realized, and you know where this is going, like you can't be everything to everybody because you are nobody to everybody. And so even though in the other identity lie that I sold myself was I can't be a guy for the trades because I'm not a tradesman. I'm not a plumber. Well, they don't need me to be a plumber. They need me to be the sales guy. They're the plumbers, right? right? But I didn't get that. For whatever reason, I felt like I needed to understand the industry inside and out before I could tap into it. And I'm like, well, you've been doing this for two years, dude, longer than that. Meaning like working directly with people in the trades for two and a half years. And so I have a ton of experience with it. I know the problems in the business. I've interviewed a hundred of these guys. Right. So mm-hmm. it's silly for me not to plant my flag there. And so that's why I brought up the trade school because that's where I planted my flag and that's the group that I'm starting. That's awesome, man. And you, you just decided that's made a decision and you're going for it. Um, and you're going to have like a, a course or community on there and stuff like that. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just going to be a, um, it's going to be very much so like I'm a part of the lion's den um, and very much so part of that, right? We, we meet once a week. Sean comes on and talks. It's going to be very similar layout. What's um, the lion's den, man? Should I be a part of this? What is this? I don't know. Um, it's definitely, you know, I don't know where you fall the political spectrum, nor am I asking. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't really care, right? I really don't care which way you fall, personally. Yeah, yeah. I like but, getting into this but, shit on the podcast. I like stuff that's polarizing. So I, let's get into it if you want to well, get Well, then it. you'll get it. Yeah, well, you'll love this because, well, yeah. lion's not sheep is his brand. You can do the math on who that stands for. Sure, sure. And if you yeah, can't yeah. do the math, I'll happily tell you. He is he's primarily Republicans in that group. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And listen, again, let me be clear. I Well, I'll, I'll be clear about two things. I have always voted Republican. But do I believe and do I, do, I, do I stand for everything that Republicans stand for? Hell no. Right. Do I believe everything that Democrats stand for? Hell no. I just side with Republicans a little bit more than I do Democrats. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I vote. And 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 so I don't I don't have any shame in that, right? I mean, I don't think anybody, I don't know, dude. This whole political stuff right now, I don't even yeah. get into it anymore because like it's such a cluster, dude. It's like it's, it's like we're watching a play in fucking right. New York. You know what's really funny is like 
you know, I tell people I fucking hate the Republicans, but I hate the Democrats too. <laughs> you know, and I, and I do that in a group of whoever I know I'm with. But I, I say the first one that I know everyone like is like if everyone's a Democrat, I'll be like, I fucking hate Democrats. And then they'll be like, what? And I'm like, and I hate Republicans, too. You guys are fucking stupid. You know, like it's, it's crazy. Like just an example, like I fall so in the mix of everything. Like, dude, I'm pro-life. I don't think you should kill babies. I don't think you should kill babies. I don't think that the government should be able to tell us whether or not women should be able to do something with their body. Nope. You know, like I agree. I don't think anyone should be able to make that decision. No, like, the, but what I think is right is that what I think is right. But like, I don't think anyone should have a right to be saying you can't do that shit. You know, in my opinion, I, like yeah, especially a government, especially like a a, a body like a, of of people who are supposed to represent. I'm like that's BS, man. Um, same thing like gay, gay marriage, all this shit. And, you know, you you ever love whoever the hell you want to love. I got no problem yeah. with that type of stuff, but I don't want my seven-year-old or my five-year-old going to school and learning about how people are cutting their dick off and becoming an, a, a woman. I think yeah. that she she's five years old. Like, let's let her learn her ABCs and and how to color in between the lines first. You know what I mean? Like, well, like yes, you, you I want to jump saying? in on that because I, I I'm probably getting ready to really get passionate because. Yesterday, we were driving back from Florida, from Orlando, where I told you we were at PodFest and everything, and we go into a Starbucks, or my wife goes into a Starbucks, I was sitting outside, and she walks back out, she was like, there's bathrooms don't have names on them, I'm like, what the hell does that mean, like, what does that mean, and she was like, they're, they're gender neutral, there's no names on them, I had to go, I had to go in and pee after a dude, and I went, do these corporations not realize how fucking stupid that decision is? Because what you're doing is you're shitting on. Because guess what? I'm a dude. I can say this. Do dudes piss all over the bathroom? Yeah, we do. We do. Oh, we do. <laughs> and so guess what? I don't want my wife to have to sit down in your piss. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen. Because I have to do it if I forget to wipe it off. And it happens sometimes. Right, it does happen. Oh, it definitely happens. It definitely happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. But yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, normally I, I would say I don't care. I, honestly, I really don't care. It's public bathrooms. You what the hell you want? Um, but you make a good point, man. I, I yeah, like, I'm also not a girl. I tell you what, it doesn't affect me too much. Um, True. So True. I, I don't, you know, I don't really have too much of an opinion. Well, uh, what about your little girl going into a bathroom? Oh, hell yeah. I got an opinion about okay. that. So now, okay. I have a hard time when I'm with her alone and I have to bring her into the men's bathroom. So she's me. I'm like, stare at the wall, stare at the wall, stare at the wall. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Go the like, and then like, God forbid, I have to use a bathroom and I'm alone with her and, and I'm not going to leave her out. You know what I mean? No. Like, no, she's right. coming in there with me and she's going to like, face over there and don't look at anyone else. Like it's a, at a real public bathroom, like a Target that's wide open. It's an issue, you know. You know, like that's it's it's not. Um, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. It, it, my daughter shouldn't have to worry about seeing a grown man's junk. You know, it's just no, not something you should have to worry about as a five year old. You know, no. Um, no. Bad stuff's gonna come from this, dude. Bad stuff's gonna come from it. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. No, yeah. we're talking about a minute part of the population, bro. We're not even talking about. I don't know what the percentage is, 
But I know that it is minute compared to the rest of the population. So why are we doing this? Well, well, at the same time, like, dude, if you're... Honestly, I don't care what people do. I'm like, if you want to be transgender, be transgender. I don't care. Do whatever the heck you want. I have no problem with it at all. Not even a little bit. I'll hang out with you, chill with you, talk to you, treat you like every other person I talk to. No big deal at all. Um, but if you're like, if you're a man tra- becoming a woman or you're a trans, I don't know what the politically correct thing is to do. I even, I'm even the type of person where like, I don't particularly want to hurt your feelings. I, if I knew what to say, I probably would call you the thing that you want to be called. I have no problem doing that either. You know, I, I just don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, sure. But like, so like, if you do look like a woman and you're one, go, go in the women's bathroom, man. Close the stall and sit down. I don't really, yeah, like, sure. I'm, I'm like, just, I mean, like, don't, why, why, why does that have to become this whole fuss about everything? And, and I don't know. Um, but like, well, here's the other thing. Okay, this is pretty polarizing as well. Think about this. You hear Morgan Freeman talk about this all the time. Every time Black hear, hear Freeman, uh, oh yeah, talking. yeah, yeah. He says, right? "Stop He's talking like, about it. We got to stop talking about it. Yeah. Stop singling us out." So, guess what's going to happen in about five years? We're going to have the same conversation with the people that are being singled out now that want to be singled out now, mm-hmm. because in, in five years it's going to be well, we're singled out. We're the ones being. I'm just guessing. Yeah, yeah. We're t- yeah. Well, let's go back. So I know what you're talking about. I don't know if the listeners know what you're talking about. So Morgan Freeman goes on and he says, you, you want to end racism? I'll tell you how to end racism. Stop talking about race. Stop talking about racism. Stop talking about it. It will go away. You know, and um, he makes a real valid point. You should look, look up the video. It's pretty famous. If you haven't already seen it. Um, but there's another side to this, too. Um, I have... Um, I have a lot of friends that, that are homosexual and I have employees that are homosexual and stuff. And they, uh, no one should like anyone. Like I, I am strongly like, so weird. Like I'm, I'm really against like anyone having to feel like they should, like there's people out there that feel like they shouldn't be alive because they can't be who they are to their friends, family or whatever, especially like growing up and stuff like that. I think she, uh, someone I knew posted something on Instagram. I'll, if I can find it, man. It was fun. That's sad. It's sad. Like, why does anyone have to, no one should have to live like that. No, they shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like that. So it's just like, it's polarizing. Not everyone's going to agree with any of the shit, like all the stuff we're saying, you know? Um, but I fall so far in between so many different things, you know, I'm like guns. This is dude. After the shooting, dude, I'm going to be, probably ostrich this may be suppressors i don't know something that terrible terrible oh. terrible 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 the worst thing that could have ever happened i have kids i have kids i have people that are so loud that don't have kids they don't even understand they yeah. don't even understand the way this hits that you have to be worried about that when you send your kid off to school yeah they don't even get it i still support the right for uh, for the second amendment and I don't know what the solution is, but at least I can admit it. I think all these people are making up solutions like they know what the heck to do. It's a terrible situation, and I don't think many people have a, a really, really good answer for it. I don't think anyone really does. I think you're right. You know? Um, 
but like they're forgetting the point of the second amendment <laughs> that stuff was because when we built this country there's another country controlling us and we had to fight them off they didn't want that to happen to us again and i tell you what i mean i just i, I don't know I, I think a lot of people are against like who are for gun control they should go spend some time in countries that they're getting like i had this guy on here rocky zapata yesterday he was on the podcast he was from nicaragua every two weeks his family not himself his family got half a bar of soap and half a pound of rice to live on back in the 80s in nicaragua and it was from government controlling and taking away rights of people like like that's just that's what we're that's what it's there for you know and i'm also at the same time i'm like dude maybe we should have some like mental illness checks that are a little bit more stringent because you know what even if i'm going to get my gun if you want to do some a little bit more digging on my mental health i kind of understand yeah i kind of get it you know i don't know this stuff's polarizing i appreciate you digging into it with me i don't get a lot of time to get on my soapbox about this stuff but well it's really important though because it's you know you're right about gun control and it's interesting because i don't think because of the media, which I believe is the literally the, the reason this country is in the shape that it's in. Um, if you listen to the media, they don't talk about any of that. They don't talk about they don't talk about anything that's factual. At least I haven't found an outlet that does. Yeah, well, like I think what it does is it it stops other Americans Americans having from having conversations with each other. Is what it's like meant to do. Like, cause like, I didn't know if you were going to agree with me or not. So I'm afraid to speak my point. Cause I think you're thinking like the media or one side or the other. So I don't want to step on your toe, I don't, but we should all be having conversations to realize that we're, we all kind of stand on the same ground here. We, we yeah. all, at, at some point or another, I remember, dude, I went to school for music. I was a li- super, super liberal dude. And stuff, and I went and moved into a duplex, and the guy downstairs in the army, the most right-wing dude, he's got guns, shotguns, and shooting stuff, drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon in the backyard, having a fire, like, like the most right-wing and most left-wing going on. And then we're sitting in the back here, backyard, having a fire, drinking beers, and talking about most decisive issue, divisive is divisive issues. And we found out we agreed on this stuff after talking long enough. You're right. But human to human interaction is not happening as much now. And because of social media, we are separated from reality. Mm. And the reality is like most of us like each other. I don't give a shit what color you are or what or who you screw. I don't care. No. If you don't infringe in on my pro- if you don't infringe on what I'm doing every day, I don't really give a shit what you do. That's it. That's it. That's it. Simple. Mm. I mean. I don't think it's rocket science, but it sure, sure feels that way. Yeah, it is. It is. You're right, though. I think you're you're dead. You're dead right when it comes to the media. They're the. It's it's meant to divide. I you know it's um. It makes a lot of sense, right? If you were rich and powerful, and you didn't want to stop being rich and powerful, or have a threat of your rich your riches and your power being taken away from you, 
and all you had to do was make sure that the people below that weren't rich and powerful <laughs> didn't do anything to take it away. You know, <laughs> this is the way you do it. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper with you. All right? Split it up. Yeah, 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 go ahead. So check this out. So think about this. Now, think about just the credit score system, right? If you got a, let's just say you got a 500 credit score, you ain't getting a credit card. Or if you do get a credit card, it's going to be prepaid. Let's say you move up to a 600, you're probably in the for sure prepaid category. Let's say you move into 700, you probably got a decent credit card, a few thousand dollars on it. You get into the 800s, you can have whatever you want. Right? Whatever you want. That's it. So think about that. Now, where does that keep people? That keeps people right where they are. That's right where they are, right? Because the interest rates are high enough for the people that they're going to stay in the middle or they might slip to the bottom because the interest rates are high enough. But typically, they don't ever go past that because they're getting beat down by interest rates, so on and so forth. And it's constant, right? And then they shut. It's, and if you look at that, if you disassociate from everything for a moment and look at it like that, mm. it's like, damn, dude, they have, they have this thing figured out. They mm. have figured out. Want to hear something it. else? It's wild. This is, it goes right with it. Um, I used to be on food stamps. I used to have my ch- my child's daycare paid for by the state. I like every government assistance that I could have had, I had. I had my kid at 22, I was working at Subway and I worked at Duncan and I got a job waiting tables eventually. At some point I started making too much money waiting tables, right? And the money that I lost in assistance was like, I think, I'm trying to find out like a really like, Imagine like you're, you're making a thousand dollars a month and they're okay. giving you a thousand dollars a month for you to live. Right now you go up to $1,200 a month and you make too much money now. So they take away your thousand dollars a month. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to go back to making a thousand dollars a month? So you get the thousand back or you're going to be like, Oh, I can make 12. I can make the 1200 now. That's what, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. there's no there's no weaning off there's no nothing it's like you lose it right then and there then you got to figure out how do i mad dash to go make enough money to support my family quick enough right. to go and do it um but i think there's a very scar- scarcity way of thinking i i would sh- highly suggest people stay away from thinking about all the problems <laughs> that, that they have in front of them or thinking about how much uh how little money they have or how low their credit score is or like that they're, they're being stuck. I hate victim mindset, right? I'm going to be, yes, it is designed to be that way, 100%, but everyone's got the power to get out of it. I did it. You can do it too. Absolutely. You know, everyone can do it. Um, worry about how much more income do I need to make? How do I make that income? Not, oh no, <laughs> all these things are happening to me. I have a high interest rate. I have, when I try and get off food stamps, I lose all this money. No, 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 no. You have to go and figure out how do I get that money that I don't have now? And then your brain is literally wired to figure out how to solve those problems. That's right. Everyone's but got the gotta, same hardware. That's right. But you got to, but you, but you, it takes, takes the first step from us, right? Take, yeah. You have to take the first step because if you don't take the first step, you're not giving the, the mind any direction to go. You're not, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to be able to say, I'm willing to fail. Yep. Yeah. 
And and then then what? You're back where you are, right? Like, come yeah, on, lost anything. You, right. you know, you know, Bradley says the best thing in the world. Like, the, this is my favorite thing, right? He's like, all right, I got two pins in my hand, right? But I really want the pin that's right down here. We're like, all right, then you got to let go of this pin to go and grab that pin. But I like, but I need this pin. I need it to write. It's like, well, you just told me you didn't want it. You said you want that pin. <laughs> you got to let it go. You got to like risk failing. You got to risk losing the, this pin so that you can pick up this one over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my, it's so true. So true. You got to like, and then what? If you lose it, it's something you didn't want in the first place. That's right. And here's the crazy part. Now, this is going to hit home for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, and I bet you've experienced this, sometimes I would rather, and this is I'm just being completely transparent with you. There are times that I make the decision I would rather not win than fail. And that's really humble. That's really hard for me to even admit that. What do you mean? But, what, do you, what do you mean, man? So the fear of let's just say let's just take sale for example and let's say that i'm pitching a half a million dollar deal and i'm scared to death i'm not going to get it whether sabotage it and feel like they didn't make the decision then actually find out the decision now it doesn't happen all the time but what i'm saying is this is where most people's brains go is they would rather they would rather just not even make the attempt than fail mm. yep yeah Exactly. And I think it comes down like, what are they, they worried about other people thinking of them? That's right. What, what do they worry about them? Uh, it's not even what they think about themselves because they already don't think too highly about themselves. You know what I'm saying? Because like, even, even with this podcast, man, I wanted to do this podcast for like years. And I was worried about all my friends that I used to work with that Red Robin or whatever I used to hang out with. What are they going to say? Keaton thinks he's too good. Or like even starting my business. When I started my business, what I'm Everyone's going to, and they did talk shit. By the way, it's not wrong. They do talk shit. It's like being able to, like, it's okay. Who cares? Who cares? I like the uh, saying, the, the loudest booze come from the cheapest seats. Yeah. They weren't going to buy your shit anyway. They ain't going to buy it anyway. That's it. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And, you know, I remember going to people making my first sale. I'm like, oh, I'm at about $400 a month now. I'm at $600 a month. They're like, well, that ain't going to last. That ain't going to last. Dude, I made 20 grand last week. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, it, Guess what? All that was two years ago. You know? And they're still stuck at Red Robin, aren't they? That's it. They're, they're a manager at Red Robin wait, make, making 50K a year, hoping then they can get their two weeks vacation approved and, and with shitty benefits. You know what I mean? Uh, sounds yeah. rough. Yeah, it sounds terrible. And they're making fun of me because I was trying to do something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, they, but people will say the stuff, but you got to not care. Like, but that's what stopped me from doing this. That's what stopped me from trying to put content out on social media. Like, what are all these people going to say? What are they going to say? I'm worried about, uh, and then, you know what? I still did care, but I went and I did it anyway. And I found that the more and more I did it, the less and less I gave a shit what anyone thought. Yeah. I don't care. Like, you know, it goes right back to your, your practice comment earlier. It's no different, right? It doesn't matter what you want to do in life. If you want to get good at it, you got to practice. Michael Jordan would shoot a thousand free throws every single day when he was in the NBA. What makes you think you don't need to make cold calls or, or, or follow up or whatever it is you suck at? Like, come on, you got to practice. 
That's it. That's it, bro. Dude, yeah. it's been awesome having you on the this call, man. I don't think I've been this passionate about any of these episodes. So I'm pumped to have you on. This was a lot of fun. Um, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I've got three questions that I ask all my guests around this, like when it hits this mark. Um, what's one book you would think everyone needs to read? Like, think you know the answer to that. Yep, say it. I know what it is. The <laughs> nine, Bible? Nine, nine simple Oh, story. you're... you're <laughs> everyone says the Bible. Everyone says the Bible, dude. You're the only one. Yeah, read his book. Just send me a DM. I'll send it to you. I don't know. It was two bucks. You guys just keep sending me DMs. I'll keep sending it out. Don't worry about it. As, as long You have to be... You have to have the balls to ask. You know? That's it. Most people aren't going to ask. That's the other thing. I knew what? that. Like, I'll have, I'll have a thousand people listen to this and they, they can get something for free and they won't have the balls to ask me in a DM. You know, what I'm saying? Saying, do it. Just ask. Like, just send me a DM. I'll take care of it. You know. Um, but yeah. So your your book. That's so funny. I swear. Everyone says the Bible that comes on here. But um, what about another one? that's not yours. I got. Sure. I, I, I like the confidence, though. I like it. You know, you yeah, dude. Well, look. I, I believe my book will help anybody that's struggling in sales, without a shadow of a doubt. I believe that with. 1000 percent confidence and whether or not you think you're selling you're selling yeah. right everybody's a salesperson everyone's everybody. a salesperson absolutely so the second book i would say has probably moved the needle for me the most oh i would say it was probably i, I don't i hate to say think you grow rich because it's frou-frou but at the end of the day it's not that even though I, you know, people have opinions about you know about think you grow rich, and this is my opinion on it. My opinion on it is, it was exactly what I needed to get me where I am today, mm. and and that's the start, dude. That was the start for me. So that's that's the one I would say people need to read. Yeah, it it was it was eye opening. It was eye opening. I Big think. Time. Um. Yeah, that was it was really 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 eye opening. And I think I had like Rich Dad Poor Dad was a big one that like opened my eyes to like how you could look at money differently, um, especially if you come from like um, like a lower middle class, lower class family where you didn't have money, just to look at money differently. But like Think and Grow Rich, it's a, it's almost a bad title. I think it steers pe people like me and you. We've been around it so long, like we don't even think about it. But I remember when I first was looking at the book, I'm like, I'm not gonna read that. That's like. I don't need to know how to get rich. Like, like you start thinking about money's being bad and stuff. This is all mindset. All this stuff's mindset. It's all believing you can. And, and, and it's, it's crazy. It's good. It's really good. If you haven't read it, you gotta read it. Um, but you're right. It's exactly what's it's exactly what you need. Um, then this one gets a little deep. Yeah. What's the biggest regret you, you have in your life? I think people can learn from regrets. I think people can learn like this is, this is kind of try how I, I try to live my life is like, if I'm on my deathbed, what regrets do I not want to have? You know what I'm saying? And I think like, if you can help an 18 year old or, or someone who's listening to this who's younger or who was in your shoes, stay away from that. So they don't have to have that same regret. That'd be great for you and honorable for you to share. I would say that biggest regret would be not starting things sooner because I second guess myself with a lot of things. And we've talked, we even mentioned this, I think earlier on the show, um, I, I will, and a lot of the listeners will probably identify with this. It's almost like a seesaw in my head, right? And you might have 
one person, let's just for picture purposes, one person on one side of the seesaw and the other, and in my head, it feels like that seesaw is going back and forth. And so that seesaw goes back and forth for a period of time with indecision. And when I have indecision, I'm stuck. And when I'm stuck, I'm worthless. I can't do anything because I've shut down. Mm-hmm. And so, but what happens is this ties right into the mind and it ties right into our thoughts. Is if I would have just pulled the trigger on one of the decisions, I would have gotten there 10 times faster, whether I'd failed or whether I wouldn't have failed, but I wouldn't have wasted God knows how long deciding on whether I was going to fail or not. Either way, mm-hmm. I still have the same chances of failing if I do it now or if I do it in two weeks. But if I do it now, I'm going to learn some lessons. Mm-hmm. I may win. I may win, but I may lose. But I've got to be willing to accept that and move forward and figure out what I did wrong. Like when I get off a sales call and I don't close it, it's not their fault. It's my fault. It's my fault because I didn't provide you the value to make a decision. It's my fault. Mm. And so my biggest regrets not making decisions faster. Yeah, that's that's a good one, man. I'm not going to even piggyback on top of it. I could, but that was good. Nice and clear, man. This other one's a, a scenario, right? You got to go back in time. You got to go back in time to any age. Um, and you get to talk to yourself. But when you talk to yourself, you can only tell yourself three three sentences and then you disappear. Then you're gone, right? What age would you go back to? And what are the three sentences you would say? And I'm strict about the sentences. It's not like I would say this and then I, I really mean this. No, like what are the three sentences? And then after you say the three sentences, you can decide whether or not you want to tell the listeners why you chose those three sentences. Okay, so I would say um, I'd say going back to I'd say going back to 12 years old would be the age. The sentence would be the sentence would be stop worrying about what other people say about you and focus on you. That would be the first sentence. Do I need to give you a different age for the second one or the same age? Uh, I, I like to do the same age. Like as, like as, as if you magically popped in there, you sure. three, said three sentences and you disappeared. Yep. The second one would be, you're not going to be fat. And the third one would be, you're going to be more successful than every one of these people that you think are successful now. Mm. Good, man. Those three things all came true. Mm. Now, I've never done this before on the podcast, but if you are younger and you're listening or whatever your age is now, like maybe you should think about what what these three sentences are, you know, when my guests come on and they say them, what, what would your three sentences be and how could you apply that to your life now? You know, um, it's there's a reason I've been asking it. I never pointed out why, but I'm like, I really I would love for an 18 year old to be listening to this and and hear someone say that and be like, wow. You know, that's what I need. You know? Yeah, because when you're in it, when you're in that situation, let's say that 12-year-old situation for me, it feels like the whole world is crushing down on you. And the truth of the matter is we don't have a clue what the whole world is even like. And even 18 years old, we don't know. Dude, I don't care. If you're you're R18, you're probably rolling your eyes right now thinking, 
this guy's full of shit. I know everything because I thought the same exact thing when I was 18. Yeah, and I would have thought, <laughs> yeah, I would be like, he's an yeah. idiot. I know more than he does. But, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, one other thing Bradley says is your ego is not your amigo. And so if you're 18, check that sentence because it'll it'll do you a lot of good moving forward. Mm. All right, man. Well, guys, everyone who's listening to this podcast, dude, I'm, if you stuck around this long, you listen to our bullshit, thank you. <laughs> you know, you listen to this, go back and forth on some uh, definitely some divisive topics. And uh, I really appreciate you sticking around. And if you would share this out, it would mean the world to me. Um, if you would leave a review so we can go up higher on the ranks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, subscribe to me on YouTube, all that stuff, I would truly appreciate it. It really does mean the world to me when, when people are uh, subscribing and everything. And I hope it makes an impact. Um, and I, I would love to get up on the ranks. We get more people like Corey on here, man. These, like, and if you don't, go follow him. Go follow him. The links will be in the show notes and everything. Go follow this guy. He's got a whole like library of social media stuff that's free great advice i went through it myself in fact Corey, just so you know you got a, a present coming your way my, my what my team does is we do um the subtitles with the emojis and stuff everything that's happening with the reels we made about three of them i think for you uh based on content you've already posted it's coming your way um super cool dude yeah 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 and um and people my clients are going viral like crazy either way but like um, you'll love it. His content's awesome. I've seen it because I've, I've seen it being recorded and all that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, go follow this guy and dude, thank you again for, for being on the show, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate you. hundred percent, man.